Good morning. Yeah. My name is Nick Adams. For those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm one of the pastors here. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity just to share God's Word with you and uh, encourage you. Um, we've been in the book of Romans. We just started. So uh, if you missed a little bit, uh, I'm going to tell you about it real quick. Uh, last week, Bobby talked about good news. And uh, like I was saying to the kids earlier, what is good news? Anybody? Y'all, y'all ain't ready. We need to start on the gospel, right? Gospel's good news. Well, what is news? News is just something happened and then somebody went and told somebody, right? So the gospel is something happened. Jesus did something. And then, thankfully, somebody went and told somebody. And if you've heard the gospel and received it and believed in it, then uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, If you haven't, you can. And uh, today you'll see that when Paul gets done talking about the good news, unfortunately there's bad news. And, and, And I think Bobby titled his message Bad News. But we got a problem. Whether you realize it or not, there's a problem. And only God can provide the ultimate solution to that problem. And if you don't spend any time recognizing that somebody had to create this world, somebody had to create you, and that the Creator has a design to things, and if you don't accept that, then you probably ain't going to get much of what I'm saying today. But the Bible speaks pretty clearly about it. So before we start talking about it, I want to pray, all right? God, thank you for just an opportunity to to hang out with you and each other, dear Lord, and, and worship and just uh, come before you, dear Lord. I just pray that uh, if there's anything we brought in here with us today, dear Lord, we'll just cast it at your feet and and be open to what you want to say. And, and dear Lord, I just pray that uh, we'll just receive it, dear Lord, and, and step out in faith and know that, that you're already there. And, and God, thank you for providing a way and uh, for loving us uh, even when we don't deserve it. And uh, I look forward to what you're going to do. I love you. Amen. So we're in Romans chapter 1, uh, verses 18 through 32. Um, in Romans chapter 1, so, so last week a verse stood out to me um, that that just kind of helps me get into verses 18 through 32 and so verse 16 says for i am not ashamed of this good news about christ it is the power of god at work saving everyone who believes first the jew and also the gentile everyone the power so that word power i think about um you know i'm from keener north carolina a lot of people don't know where that's at um, but it's a place out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and um, about the only things we had to do was hunt or fish or things off the land. And uh, I wasn't fortunate. I wasn't. I was 
too poor to be in a hunting club, but I had some buddies that were in a hunting club. And sometimes on Saturdays in the off season, I would go with these buddies to maintain things at the hunting club just because they had nothing else better to do. And so you'll see why I'm telling you the story. Um, and it's funny, I was listening uh, to another guy preach, and, and he had the same story, and it just brought back memories of of um, doing some of these things. But when you have a big hunting club, you have a bunch of land, and people pay into the hunting club to maintain the land so everybody can hunt. Um, but sometimes, if you have a bunch of acres of land, there's going to be low spots and part of it swamp, water, whatever. And uh, these little things called beavers will dam up parts of the land and flood part of it, and then you can't use it. And so these guys were constantly going around trying to bust up these dams. And uh, you tried to do it as humanely as possible. And, and sometimes we'd go and, and rake them down. And, and, but one time there was this guy that, uh, I don't know how he got all the stuff he got, but he had a lot of stuff that went boom. And um, one day he said, hey, you want to go with me and blow up this beaver dam? And I was like, well, I ain't never seen a beaver dam blow up, so yeah. Uh, that word power, the reason I'm telling you, that word power, the Greek word is dunamis, which is where we get our word dynamite. And so what was clogging up this land and keeping you from being able to use it, put dynamite to it and blew it up. That's where that word power comes from. God has the power to take whatever is in your life, clogging you up, stopping you up, and blow it up and free you. That's why I believe Paul is able to say, I'm not ashamed of this good news because it has freed me. And to thank God had the power to get me out of my mess. So with that in mind, the other side of that is there's a mess, right? Any of y'all experienced a problem or probably got problems in your life right now that you have no control over and you don't know what to do about them? And when you try to get in the middle of it, I don't know about y'all, but when I try to fix stuff, I normally go in a big old circle. And I'll think, I'll deceive myself and think I'm fixing the problem and then it, it just comes back up again. And then you get frustrated and then you want to blame people and, and so and it just compounds upon one another and one another and one another. So Paul starts to talk about the bad news or the problem with us, his creation. Verse 18 starts. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. That word suppress just means to conceal, hold back, restrain. How many of you ever done that? How many of you ever concealed the truth? How many of you ever lied? I don't know. Yep, me. You suppressed it. But the funny thing is, a lot of times only you and God know when you're doing that. Because sometimes you can say things in such a way to where you can deceive people and people don't know that you're concealing or suppressing the truth, but God does. And so God gets angry at that. And a lot of times, we don't like talking about problems. We don't like talking about the bad. We don't like talking about God's wrath or God's anger. But there is goodness in that. And we're going to see that. 
So let's keep going. They know the truth because God has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. So I don't know if y'all spend a lot of time thinking about those things, but if I promise you, if you'll start thinking about something can't come from nothing, that there has to be a Creator. And if you don't acknowledge that, then you're going to have to one day or another. So you can suppress the truth and conceal it, but it's going to come out one way or another. But God is the Creator. There has to be a Creator. Something can't come from nothing. And so God has made Himself known by His creation. Genesis. God created man in His own image. You can look at yourself in the mirror and see God's design. You can look at nature. You can look at... Think about how detailed God is. If you look at a leaf on any kind of plant or tree and see the veins in it and the stems and how... and it, Science is not so much that we figured out God as God allowed us to figure out Him. Science isn't so much we're, just, we're, we're getting smarter and learning more. God is just making Himself known. And we realized it. You can't hide that. You can try it. So it says if, you're, if you suppress that, you conceal that, you hold it back, it's wicked. And you have no excuse for not knowing God. So if you want to know, you'll know. And if you don't, you won't. I say that a lot of times, ironically, about announcements or knowing what's going on here. If you want to know, you'll know. And if you don't, you won't. But just know that there's a consequence to that. Yes, God knew. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, instead they became utter fools. Instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. This has been going on since the beginning of creation. Because what happened? Genesis 3, 5, what happened? Satan goes up to Eve and tells her what? You can be like God. And what did that do? She made a decision. I want to know. What was she doing? All sin, all ungodlessness, all unrighteousness originates ultimately from pride and selfishness. We're just a bunch of fools. Claiming to be wise, instead they became utter fools. You, if you don't, if you haven't realized it, I realize my heart, your heart is just an idol-making worship factory. If you don't understand what that means, that means 
You don't re- a lot of times I don't realize something is an idol in my life until it gets jeopardized or taken away from me. Because I deceive myself and I try to justify things and I try to make excuses for... I even attach God to it sometimes. Exercise is good. It's good for my body. It's good for me. I spend time with God doing it. Uh, and then, you, then, then I start to get selfish in it. And this is just an example. It, it could be golf, surfing, fishing, sewing quilts. I don't know. Whatever, whatever you do. And then you say, I got to have this thing. I got to do this thing every day to be fulfilled. It could be beer. It could be cigarettes. It could be TV. Sin is sin. When you put something above God, okay? For me, sometimes it's exercise. And that's hard to admit to y'all. Because I do it every day. And I realized that when I got injured and I couldn't exercise how much of an idol I had made it because I was using that instead of going to God. I used to smoke. I used to smoke because I got stressed out. Instead of casting my cares on God, I would just put it off on something else. And I would just trade one thing for another. And nobody knows that but God. And now you, because I told you, but I can keep that from my wife. I can keep that from my. I can keep that from. I can suppress all of that. You get where I'm going. You get what I'm saying. It's wicked. So what does God do? In His anger, He shows His anger, His wrath from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth. And so verse 24 says, So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. That sounds bad, don't it? You mean God is going to abandon us? Some translations say God gave them up. God will give you over to your sin because only you and Him know when you make an agreement and you say, God, I'm not willing to go where you're asking me to go. Or I'm not willing to let go of what you're asking me to let go of. And, and only you know that. And you tell him and you make these agreements and you say, I'm not going to do this. And so he'll get him. Okay, that's fine. I'll let you, I will let you see the consequences of your sin is what that is saying. I think about it like this. How many of you ever told your mama you're running away from home? I hate you. I'm tired of this place. I ain't never coming back. And your mama loved you enough to say, good, go. <laughs> you packed the bag, hit the road. And I lived out in the country, so there wasn't no much place to go. You get half a, you wouldn't even get to the stop sign. You'd be like, dang. There's going to be a lot of consequences to uh, this endeavor I've got myself into. And you turn around and go back home. Well, God loves you enough sometimes to let you see your sin and you get to the end of your rope. It wouldn't be love if God didn't give you the free will to see that yes, you have a choice. And sometimes He'll let you live out that choice. But guess what? He always, always, always has enough grace and always has His hand out and always welcomes you back.
I get um, <laughs> emotional thinking about all of it because just when you start going down that path of, of just how when you realize how deceitful and wicked and dumb and foolish you've been and how God never quit, uh, it's overwhelming. Just like a loving mom or dad or whoever whoever was that for you. Maybe your mom or dad didn't love you. It's funny, uh, for a couple years we lived right in the middle of Clinton on Park Avenue and they had a sidewalk all the way to the gas station. I don't know if my mom remembers this. And a lot of times I embarrass her because it's just, just what happens. But um, sometimes there'd be other kids from other streets riding their bikes, and we'd be riding our bikes, and they would they would be out all day riding their bike in the road and wherever they wanted to. And every time my mom saw me and Zach doing that, she would say, "You better stay on the sidewalk." And I. Mom, why you got to be like that? She's like, if I didn't love you, I would let you do whatever you wanted to. And there'd always be some kid that would be like, my mama don't love me because she lets me do whatever I want. <laughs> God loves you and corrects you because faith and discipline, we've been going through this all year, right? Faith and discipline. you got to have... You can't put discipline before faith. You've got to have the faith. But you've got to know that once you experience that freedom, if there's no direction, it's just chaos. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. And as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. It's so simple. It's so, it's so, it don't. We're, so we're God's creation, right? Made in the image of God. Why do we, why wouldn't we worship the Creator instead of worshiping other things He's created? It's so silly. And thankfully, God loves us enough to let us go down that road to see. So Paul lays this out in the first half of this section. And then the second half of this section is just examples of, of when you get, are given over, when you suppress the truth, and when you say, God, I'm not going to do this, and I'm going to do what I want, there's examples of what will happen and what that produces. I have to warn you, some, some of these examples are PG-13. So, if you ain't ready to explain all that to your kids, then I'm not telling you do what you got to do. Um, for this reason, he says in verse 26, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For the women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since, 
They did not see fit to acknowledge God. God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. God will allow you to do what ought not to be done so that you can see. It don't matter what it is. He goes on to say, they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, their gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They thought they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. It's funny, when you, when you hear that and you read that and, and you see somebody else's sin in that, you're like, yeah, man, my brother really needs to hear this. Or, or I know, some, you know, yeah, those people are wicked. Guess what it says in chapter 2, verse 1. And remember, this is a letter. Paul didn't put chapters and verses to what we did to help us navigate it a little better. You may think you can condemn such people, but you're just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say that, when you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself for you who judge others do these very same things. There's 23 things listed there. And I've done about 90% of them. This isn't so much, when you read the Bible, the Bible isn't so much a binocular to look at somebody else's life as it is a mirror to look at your own. And when you do that and you show people God's love, that's how they see that there's some fullness and completeness and wholeness in God who gave up His Son, Christ Jesus, to take on your consequences and my consequences. And when you show people that instead of constantly pointing the finger and telling them about it, I believe and I have experienced that that makes them ask the question. or Why do you got so much peace? Why do you got so much joy? Why do you not let things bother you? You don't seem as hypocritical as, as everybody in that building. Yes, they're wrong. Yes, these things are clearly defined. But only you know your heart and why you're saying what you're saying. And sometimes in, in the past, and I'm not saying I won't ever do it again, but I do know that the more I stay in this Word and the more I stay around people that are chasing after God in the same way, the less likely I am to do those things. But only I and my heart know that when I point the finger at somebody and say, well, I'm just telling the truth. I'm just telling what the Bible says. What I'm really doing is I don't want to take the time to get to know you or love you, so I'm going to tell you the truth to make myself feel better. How many of you ever done that? But only you know that, right? There's bad news and we have a problem, but thank God. He gave us good news, right? 
He gave us Jesus. What is the gospel? The gospel is simply God gave up His one and only Son to take on the consequences of our sin. He traded His consequences for being perfect and blameless and coming down from heaven for ours. And though we don't deserve it, it is the free gift of God because He loves us and if we will just follow and chase after Him, we can be forgiven of those things that we did. Everybody sinned, right? Everyone has sinned. For all have fallen short. The penalty of our sin is death. And Jesus took on that. While we were still sinners, what does that tell you? You don't have to get right. You don't have to fix it. Only thing you got to do is give it to God and give it up. Confess it. Let go. And watch what God does. Believe. That's the good news. I'll tell you one last thing. Um, when I first started coming here, while God was... I didn't know at that time, but God was still you know, trying to convince me that He was asking me to be a pastor, and I was still um, trying to reject that. Uh, but I was still trying to serve Him, you know, trying to make stuff... You know, half, I'll go halfway. I ain't ready to go all the way yet. Anyway, long story short, I was helping with high school, teaching high school, and I was trying to tell them something similar to this same message about what sin is. And there was an illustration of you taking Hershey syrup and rubbing it in your hands, and it gets all in the cracks and crevices of your hands. And now, try to get it off without anything. And you can, you can smear it all over your shirt, rub it all over your pants, but that sin is going to stain and it's still going to be in those cracks and crevices and there's nothing you can do about it. But if you take water, it washes it away. And what does Jesus say He is? I'm the living water. Bad news is sin stains and we got a problem. The good news is God gives us a way and not only gives us a way but promises that we have the power of the Holy Spirit to not only help us but to sustain us. John 10.10 10, The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And Jesus isn't just talking about going to heaven. He's, you can have that, some of that fullness and stuff the world can't take away right here and right now. So, you got a choice. The only thing I want you to do when the band comes up here to sing is just ask God and make a choice. And then just respond to it. Whatever that means. Whether it's prayer, confession, you can pray right where you're at. You can do whatever you need to do. If you want me to pray with you, I'd be love nothing more than that. If you don't know, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, come ask me.
I'd love to tell you about Jesus. We're going to sing, but I'm going to pray. And while they're singing, you just respond, okay? God, thank you for uh, just revealing yourself. Thank you for giving us the Bible to, to be able to, to return to and know the things that we need in our lives, dear Lord, to keep us from self-destructing, dear Lord, to, to keep us from our evil, wicked ways. And thank you, God, for Jesus to just providing a way, God, to, to rid ourselves of that and help us to know that it isn't anything we can do. And, and help us just to, to fall into uh, the security of a loving Father that you are. And, and God, thank you for just letting me see and experience some of that. And, and I pray, God, that uh, the people that are listening to this, that are in this room, somebody hears it later, dear Lord, that they would just uh, just ask you, dear Lord, and, and experience you. I love you. Amen.